welcome back to Word Up with Danny Katz. I am your host, Danny Katz. I am an author, journalist, and a quantum languaging coach and consultant. What that means is that I teach people how language programs consciousness, how language programs reality at large, and how to transform reality and evolve our consciousness with language. I've also been known to cultivate and share an opinion or two or 12 about culture and consciousness and how they are evolving, devolving, and being manipulated by the powers that were. Here at Word Up, we are devoted to fostering critical thinking while supporting you in becoming your most authentic, empowered, liberated, realized, amazing version of yourself. Our every show aims to expand your consciousness, raise your frequency, sharpen your critical thinking skills, and make you giggle. (laughs) And think. Given the radical uptick in censorship over the past few years, combined with the complete co-opting slash decimation of my own personal industry, journalism, I started Word Up to have a free speech-friendly platform in which to engage exploratory, solutions-based conversations with visionaries, mystics, original thinkers, and rebel badasses who are helping to make the world more wonderful. The first half of my interviews run between 30 to 90 minutes and are always posted here for free public listening. The second halves are reserved for paid supporters on my Patreon and my Locals platforms, where for as little as $5 a month, you can access all of my second half conversations along with oodles of other bonus content and opportunities to drop in with me, to drop in with our High Vibe tribe, and lots of other awesome things. In addition to interviews, Word Up also features quantum languaging upgrades, planetary service announcements, and propaganda analysis, which I call Spot the Propaganda. Thank you so much for tuning in and for sharing your sacred attention with me and our high vibe tribe of change makers. Be sure to click that subscribe button so you can stay abreast of our every episode. Thank you for also clicking the like button, for sharing far and wide, and for leaving some kind words as a review as you are authentically inspired. As well, if you are gleaning any value whatsoever from these shows, consider supporting me on Locals and or Patreon. And as you are wanting to learn more about my quantum languaging coaching and consulting services or nab copies of my books, find me on dannycats.com as well as on quantumlanguaging.com. Okay, I think that's it for our housekeeping. Buckle up and prepare to enjoy this episode of Word Up with Danny Katz. Stars, welcome back to another episode of Word Up with Danny Katz. Today I am joined by myself. Yes, it is another solo podcast. I am both interviewer and interviewee, and we're going to dance around some juicy topics. I'm reminding you before we dive in uh, to click that subscribe button, to like, to share, to comment 
to sign up for my newsletter at dannycats.com so that you can stay apprised of my every next offering, many of which are on the immediate horizon. All right, solo podcasting, let's do it. Uh, the notes are here and I'm just gonna go in order. I'm gonna trust that my notes know what to do and I'm not gonna overthink it. Uh, here goes. Okay, so I wanna talk about um, scarcity consciousness and abundance consciousness and how they seep into our worldview, our lexicon, our reality programming endeavors, conscious or not, in really um, nuanced and insidious ways that we're probably not even aware of. Um, so a lot of times when we talk about abundance and scarcity, we're just thinking about money. The thing is, is the way we're talking about everything in our life, um, fiscal or not, is going to shape our relationship to the larger energetics of scarcity and abundance. So here's what happened. One of my clients is going through a breakup with someone he's been with for seven years. And of course, breakups have many stages and um, they're challenging on so many levels. But what he brought to our most recent call was that he was really sad to be letting go of the best sex he's ever had and the best chemistry that he's ever had. And he's sad to be moving into a future where he's not going to be having such great sex or such great chemistry. And it was just such an instance of him creating this limiting story like based on a scarcity consciousness mentality. So what I realized was like in his perspective, he was uh, saying goodbye to all of the, the qualities and experiences that came along with his former partner and assuming that he could never hand the, have them again. And what I was encouraging him to step into is a yes and mentality, an abundance mentality, which is more along the lines of, well, I, she was the best sex I've ever had. She was the best chemistry I've ever had. I'm so grateful to her for helping me activate those frequencies, those new um, up-leveled levels of experience um, in my own meat suit, in my own experience. And I'm calling in all of that and more, right? So I think, you know, it's happening on a few different levels. There's the, the generalized scarcity mentality of, because I had that thing, I can never have it again. Like we love to do that, like staple these experiences to partners and to other people and assume that we can't have them again if we're not in relationship with those people, forgetting that those energetics exist of their own accord. And we can get those energetics and those experiences with other people and in other dynamics. And that the reality is, is that if we are experiencing these things, um, heightened sexual energy, heightened chemistry. We only know that because we're experiencing it. I would only know that I was having that experience by feeling it in my own body. My client only knew <clears throat> that it was the best for him because he could feel it in, in his own body. That's his. Those are his activations, right? Those possibilities <clears throat> in his cells, in his pleasure receptors, in the, the parts of his brain that were, um, you know, allowing him to be turned on to these experiences, that's all in him. And once those things have been turned on and activated, from my perspective, it's infinitely more likely that we'll experience them again, because it's already been 
activated in our field. We've already had that experience. We know it's possible. We know what it feels like, right? Like think of, you know, when you were diving and the first time you got the dive right, you could feel it, right? You could feel it in your body. You could feel it in the way that you you cut into the water. Once you've had that experience, it's so much easier to have it again and again and again and again, because now there's muscle memory. Now, you know, so um, with my client, it was super simple in just attuning him to like, these are all your experiences. And in the same way that you're writing the story that you're never going to have that again and that you're stepping into a bleaker reality, um, you can completely choose to rewrite it. The reality was, is that he had chosen to step away from this relationship because um, he thought on a lot of levels that he was settling and wasn't really getting what he really wanted out of a partner. So it's like in making that brave, bold, bold move of saying, no, I actually want more and I know I can get more. He was still bringing this old concept that he couldn't get those other things into this um, future moreness into which he was stepping. So um, it's moving from a uh, from the idea of scarcity or limitation or that um you know tethering certain experiences to people and we can only have them through those people and it's expanding into a yes and like yes i love having great sex and great chemistry and i also want these other things and that's what i'm choosing for myself and carrying that expectation based on that lived experience and that frequency activation into the future, which we are designing in any and every moment. Next up on the list is, let it be awkward. All right, so this is a theme. You guys might notice um, when things come up in my life three times, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm actually hoping we're all doing this because if you're tuning into me, then you're someone who I'm guessing has a relationship with non-ordinary reality and um, the mystery. And we know that three is the magic number. So when something comes up for me three times, I pay attention. Um, when I have the same experience or the same lesson show up three times, I share it with you in my solo podcast. So let it be awkward. This next one started with another coaching client who is currently in the process of processing grieving the loss of her son. And I'm sure we can all imagine uh, what a challenging initiation that is to uh, lose your son. So um, as she's going through this process, you know, of course, I'm encouraging her to feel her feelings and let them move as inspired. And she has had instances of self-consciousness around grieving in public like of course so in this instance she was in a pilates class and felt the grieving energy coming forward and was having her own kind of internal struggle about not wanting to make the other people in class feel uncomfortable and muscling it back or downplaying it and you know it was an instance of there's her own organic um emotional reality and then this awareness or concern or fear or paranoia or micromanaging of the other people around us and how they may or may not respond, right? So that was instance number one. Instance number two was um, a girlfriend of mine who's doing a gallbladder fast. Gallbladder fasts are pretty intensive and they require, you know, several days 
of just liquids to prep the body for all the things that we do to actually cleanse the gallbladder. So she was deep into her cleanse. I think she was maybe on day five or six of fasting. And a friend of hers comes over with a bottle of wine. And um, my friend who was fasting didn't want to be rude and had a glass of wine while she was fasting. No part of her wanted to have that glass of wine, but because of some sort of indoctrination around etiquette, hostessing, whatever, she felt it would be rude to allow the person who showed up with their own bottle of wine to drink alone, okay? So that's instance number two. Instance number three was um, another client who's <laughs> who's also dealing with a breakup. Uh, and these are, I have to say, like tis the season. Um, I have so many clients dealing with breakups, so many friends dealing with breakups. It's definitely around. So she's, and her, hers particularly close to my heart because hers is dealing with someone in a small town who on the flip side of chasing after her and engaging then decided he was polyamory, polyamorous or announced that he was polyamorous. And now she's dealing with that in a very small town. Um, and remember like, and I'm not, I'm definitely not going down the poly track, but just reminding anyone who's listening to this, who maybe only has one X chromosome, that women are wired differently from men. And that when women have sex with men and have orgasms, they release oxytocin, which is a bonding hormone. So I, I'm, maybe there are some exceptions, but like women are wired really differently than men. So once we have exchanged that type of energy with men and then find out the rules of the game are different, um, it's more complicated for us internally because we have chemicals running through our body that are um, pushing us to attach, right? So she is going through this breakup um, in a very small town and like so many of us like has been reared to like be the cool chill chill, chill. <laughs> be the cool chill girl be the one who's like so easygoing and like unfazed and can hang in these uncomfortable situations because we're above those silly emotions that other you know less less awesome girls are being fucked over by right um, a lot of us have played that game, which is insane. Like, no, we are wild, emotional, chaotic creatures, and we do have feelings, we do have emotions, and it's not always easygoing or cool. And P.S. Actions have consequences. So this was one of those situations where this guy broke her heart, um, and then she went to some sort of gathering in town, and he was among this kind of clique that she was hanging out with. And she was so uncomfortable to be there with him, given that the heartbreak was so fresh, but she wanted to be cool and she wanted to be easygoing and she didn't want to make a big deal and she didn't want to make anyone else uncomfortable. So she made it seem like she was fine until she couldn't take it anymore and went home and cried herself to sleep. Okay, so the through line in all three of these stories is that every protagonist was denying their own emotional or physiological truth to instead kowtow to other people's, I mean, I would even say expectations, but they're the expectations or fears that we've projected onto other people. We don't even know how they would authentically act if we weren't going the distance to protect everyone. So my advice to all three of these people was exactly the same, which is 
Let it be awkward. Let it be awkward for everyone else. You get to be true to yourself, to thine own self be true. I think that was William Shakespeare, AKA Sir Francis Bacon, who said that. Anyway, um, if you're not gonna be true to yourself, who is going to be true to you? Who is going to tend to your emotional well-being? Like if we would give ourselves a portion of um, all of the compassion we give to other people's potential emotional responses, I guarantee we would all be much healthier and happier for it. You know, uh, the client who is grieving the loss of her son right now, I think it is extremely important for her to allow her emotions uh, to move when they come up. And if that makes other people uncomfortable, they can deal with that. You know, we live in a very death phobic culture. So, uh, we could do with some more public grieving. We could do with some more modeling for people what it's like to lose a child and how that does affect us. Um, instead of hiding our grief from everyone, contributing to the death phobia and making it, you know, this giant misunderstood distortion that it is in our culture. And then there is my friend who was fasting and, you know, we don't even know if the person who brought the wine would think it was rude if my friend didn't drink with her. We don't know that. That's a story that my friend made up. But you know what? If if I bring a bottle of wine to a friend's house and that friend is fasting and doesn't want to drink and I get triggered by that, that's on me. I need to look at that. That's my problem. That's not, you know, like if I come in with an expectation that my friend is going to serve me wine and drink wine when we haven't had a conversation with it, that's nuts. And then if my friend happens to be fasting and have like, a legit, you know, a healing journey related reason not to drink wine, not that we need a reason not to drink wine. If all that rubs me the wrong way, then I have work to do. And my friend being true to herself to trigger me to show me that I have work to do is a gift, is a mitzvah, is an indication of how much she loves me, that she's not going to, and how much she loves herself, that she's not going to play codependent enabling with either one of us, like respect. We all need more friends like that, right? All right, pause for a sip. If you're listening, I'm hydrating. Number three in our Let It Be Awkward trilogy is client number two who's going through the breakup with the polyamory dude. And she is the one who's really fleshing out this like, um, this like personality construct that she took on in adolescence around being cool and being able to hang and be having like an impenetrable heart that doesn't get bothered by things when in fact she's like a really tender sensitive you know amazing woman so um my advice to her because she was like well i don't want i didn't want the people at the gathering to feel uncomfortable if i was just ignoring him and it's like let them be uncomfortable. Like let, you know, like let it be awkward. Let this person who's running the polyamory shtick know that there are consequences to his actions and that he can't just have sex with women and think that they're not going to have hurt feelings when they find out after the fact that he's doing that with lots of other women or that his interest has waned or that he wasn't totally transparent or like whatever it is, right? But by pretending that we don't have emotions and muscling them back, we're not being honest um, with the people who are, you know, it takes two to tango, right? And she and I talk, have, you know, we're unpacking this in our sessions, but it's like, 
maybe a big part of this whole like ethically non-monogamous thing that I thought we'd gotten past and this polyamorous thing is that I thought we gotten past is all the women who are playing along with it and pretending it's cool when it really isn't, right? And if there are women for whom it's cool, I'm sure there are exceptions, that's great. Um, but for those who aren't, which I think is probably more than we think or who are letting on given how many women I know are are pretending with men that everything's cool, but then breaking down behind the scenes with their girlfriends or their coaches or whatnot. Maybe if we were more honest with the fact that we are sensitive, that we do get attached, that um, we do want more. Maybe we're more, more real about how much that hurts us instead of trying to protect the men and the people in our social circles from uncomfortable emotions that we're already feeling. Like, why make it extra uncomfortable by pretending we're not feeling to micromanage everyone else's emotional retardation by giving no one a chance to learn how to deal with negative emotions without giving these polyamorous man boys the chance to see um how it hurts people that they claim to care about like let's just be real and if it is awkward and uncomfortable great use your grown-up tools and deal with the awkwardness and the discomfort because this is my emotional reality and i'm not going to pretend it isn't just to put on a show so the through line in all of these is let it be awkward for other people. Let it be uncomfortable. Let it be whatever it is without deciding or projecting that it's awkward or uncomfortable. You be you. Don't leak. Don't be a big like psycho overdramatic drama queen about it where you're sucking the life out of a room, you know, to like vampirically feed off of everyone's pity or energy. I'm not lobbying for that. But if you're having an honest emotion, let yourself have your honest emotion. If you are, you know, not into something that's going to hurt you, but you're going to do that thing just so someone else doesn't think you're rude, stop, just stop, just stop. To thine own self be true. To you be true and let it be awkward and let other people develop tools um, and character to deal with awkwardness. Okay, two down. We're doing great. Thanks so much for tuning in to this latest episode of Word Up with Danny Katz. I am reminding slash thanking you to and for <laughs> clicking that subscribe button for liking, for sharing, for commenting, and for leaving some kind words as a review as you are authentically inspired. As you are receiving any value from my podcast, as you dig it, as you listen regularly, consider supporting me on Patreon and or Locals, where for as little as $5 a month, you get access to all of my second half podcast interviews, as well as oodles of bonus content. Your support really goes a long way in supporting me as a journalist and an independent content creator navigate her way through a really crunchy time in terms of free speech. And as you are wanting to learn more about my work in the world, my books, my products, my quantum languaging, coaching, and consulting, you can find me at dannycats.com as well as quantumlanguaging.com. And if you're not down with a membership 
patronage platform and want to send me one-time donation, you can use the Bitcoin link if it actually appears on your podcast listening platform. You could also send me a one-time donation by way of PayPal at dannykatz at pm.me or by way of Venmo, where my username is Sadie Bloom. Again, your support means the world and makes a massive, massive difference when it comes to continuing to share this work with the world. Thank you for sharing your sacred attention with me. Thank you for remembering that you are omniscopic amazingness and for having a rockin' day. See you next time, superstars.